Well, there's also, there's lots of joys, uh, which I loved that video. They asked me about a video, uh, you know, having our kids share. And I'm like, you can do that every year if you want. It never gets old. Listening to all of the kids, whether young or old, talk about their moms. And so there's lots of joys. And then there's also lots of challenges in motherhood, right? I mean, I'm sure every mom in the room would say yes, yes, and amen. And uh, so I did a little research on just the challenge, some challenges of motherhood. And I thought it was interesting that one of the most, uh, one of the most common challenges of motherhood, the, one of the most biggest challenges that we have is our role outside of being a mom, like separating who we are from our role as a mom. And I think not only with moms and motherhood, but we can look at that with dads, we can look at that with our jobs and whatever role that we have, whatever it is that we're doing. And you just think, wow, you know, it, knowing our identity outside of our role, regardless of what it is, is, is super important. You know, motherhood is a central, exper a central uh, experience, like a central experience in a woman's life. And just like any other role, whether you're a teacher, whether it's at your job title, maybe you're, you know, running for something as a politician and, and uh, those kinds of roles. And so we want so badly to do an, an excellent job, right? I mean, we, can we just get it right? Can we just do it right, you know? And so we, it's this very, we have this very important role, and yet somehow we can still feel like we're losing ourselves. Like we've lost relationships and we're losing ourselves and we still have this very important role. And we're thinking we're losing ourselves. We don't even know who we are. How is that? Why, how come, how could, I was pondering, like, how can that be? Why is that? Like you, you have this important title, you have this important role, you should be fulfilled, right? Why do we feel so lost and not even knowing who we are? And so I just want to answer that question this morning. And it's because your identity is different than your purpose. Your identity is who you are in Christ and your purpose is, is what you're doing. Like we, we are called and our purpose is to glorify God, right? And to have a relationship with him. God created us to have a relationship with him. But individually, we also have our purpose. It's, it's what we do. It's what we're doing in that season of life. And sometimes it can be, like I said, a mom or a dad. You could be a student. You could be an educator. And those come in seasons, but your identity in Christ, it never changes. Your identity is who you are and that never changes. No matter the season, no matter if your role changes, it doesn't matter if you're successful or unsuccessful, you are who you are in Christ. Amen? Yeah. Right. Well, I remember, I wanted to just share a little bit of a, a story. It's kind of funny. You know, growing up, my dad loved to share, loved to like kind of play jokes. And it was, sometimes he would scare us. Sometimes there would be just different stuff just for a laugh. And so I don't do that with my kids all the time. But every now and then I like to play a joke or some, something will come up and we'll kind of play with each other for kind of different seasons about different things. And, you know, I grew up in Southeast Texas where, I mean, everything is bigger in Texas, but I think it's even bigger in the South. I mean, I don't know about you, but so we, uh, there would, I mean, bugs generally don't bother me. I'm kind of a country girl, but roaches 
bother me. I mean, they bother me. And so in the Southeast Texas where I'm from, we had, they would come out of the woods and they were like two and a half inches long and they would fly y'all fly. I mean, I can't even, I just, I can't even, it's just terrible. And so, and so anyway, one night the girls, sometimes the girls like to get in our bed uh, before the, it's time for their bed. And so they were in our bed. I came downstairs. I said, Hey girls, it's time to go to bed. So I go upstairs and I tuck them in and come back down and I was getting ready to get into bed and relax. And so Pastor Jim and I like to usually watch something or read something before bed. And so I pulled the covers back and there was a huge roach. And as I screamed and jumped back and gasped, and then I realized that it was a plastic roach. And I realized, and this thing was terrible. I mean, so terrible. It had wheels on it. Now, thank God it wasn't moving in my bed, but do you remember those little Hot Wheel cars that you would pull backwards and then they would take off? That's what this roach would do. If you pulled it back, it had these itty bitty wheels and it would just go shh, like across the thing. I'm so thankful that it wasn't moving. And so, I, but I looked down and it was plastic. It wasn't even, it wasn't even real. I don't know where it came from, but it mysteriously went missing after that. I was like, no ma'am, but it was, it was plastic. It was fake. It was a lie. And what did I do? I responded like it was real, even though I could see that it was plastic. Because a believed lie, if you believe a lie is truth, it will affect you like truth. You're going to respond like it's true because it's your truth. It doesn't mean it's the truth, but it's your truth. And so you're going to respond like it's true, even though it's a lie. I was reading an article and it was about the effect that other people's opinions can have on you. I mean, there's even like this medical diagnosis now about how there is a real fear and phobia of other people's opinions and what they say about you. And I, was, I thought it was interesting and very powerful. The article, the, the, the author of the article wrote some wisdom that he was given by a friend that I thought was really powerful. And I wanna share it with you this morning. It says, if you wouldn't invite them into your house, then you shouldn't invite them into your head. That'll preach. If you wouldn't invite them into your house, then you shouldn't invite them into your head. Right? Well, that's, see, that's a lot easier said than done, I think. Especially nowadays, since we have social media, you know, social media just opens up our heads to anybody that wants to walk by, anybody that's trespassing, whether you know them or not, they just have this immediate access. You know, when you think about a celebrity, think about your favorite celebrity, your favorite crush, your favorite sports fan, whatever it is, and you can just imagine that they are living in their multi-million dollar mansion across the nation on a beautiful hill, and you think about that you could post whatever you think, whatever you would like, whatever's on the top of your head, and you could post that on social media. And there is a possibility, a real possibility, that your post and your thoughts are going to reach your favorite celebrity, that they're gonna reach this famous person sitting in their mansion because of their phone that they have in their hand, that your thoughts are gonna, going to reach them. And not only will it reach them into their home, into their head, but they, there's a possibility they may even respond to it. 
Isn't that crazy? The access, it's like people now have access to a place that you would normally never give them access to. You would never give them access. Now think about how many people, how many people have you given access to in that way? You know, you think about how we love, we just moved, been a year in our new home and love to have guests over and, you know, but there's a little bit of work when you have house guests, right? I mean, anybody has had family come to stay for the holidays or maybe just come stay a night or two or maybe longer. Um, but you know, when you're hosting a guest, you tend to, you're gonna spend a little bit of money, right? Probably gonna get some extra groceries, make sure you have food in the house, make sure you have things to drink. You're probably gonna pick up a little bit, make sure the house is clean before they come over. You're probably not going to run around like in your pajamas. I mean, you know, you could, but probably not. You're gonna make sure that you're dressed appropriately. You know, it just, you're gonna cook, you're gonna entertain, you're gonna host. And so it takes a little bit of time and energy, right? It just takes a little bit. So even if they're a close family, usually by the time that they leave, you're like, oh, there's just a little bit of like, oh, okay, now I can, I can wear my PJs. I can do whatever I want, you know? Like I can just kind of let my hair down a little bit because there's this feeling of being on right? You're just on. And so when I think about that, I think about these guests are the same way that you've invited in your head, that you've given access to. There's time and energy and there's, there's energy being put forth, hosting these thoughts, hosting these guests, these people that you don't even know, but, but yet we're being drained and there's time and energy and distraction from what God wants us to do. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind, renew your mind. And the enemy will come, it also says in the Bible, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy you. But can I tell you something? He doesn't have to kill you if he can cripple you. It doesn't matter to him. He just wants you ineffective and paralyzed for the kingdom as time passes by, right? I mean, that's really what he's after. And so this morning, as I talk about identity, I think about we can be defined by our world or we can be defined by our God. And so I have a special treat for you this morning. I'm gonna get into my message. I have three quick truths because I think it's important. I wanna, it's my desire this morning to just expose some lies. I pray that your spirits would be open, that your hearts would be open, that your eyes would be open to see what God wants you to see through the Holy Spirit. And so I've invited a, a special girl, her name is Emily. She is a part of the Zion Dance Project from Dallas and uh, she is extremely anointed. And so I don't want it to be just a special song because uh, to entertain you, but I just want you to be prepared in your hearts and your minds and your spirits because I want it's gonna be received. There's an impartation. She is super, super anointed. We're so honored to have her. And uh, she is going to, she has actually choreographed the dance to In Jesus' Name. Wasn't that good? They're standing for you, Emily. So powerful. So powerful. She's so anointed. There's a reason why the name of that song is In Jesus' Name. It's because there's power in the name of Jesus. 
And so I, I've, the, it's so powerful. I have to like, you know, keep myself together every time I'm on the side stage. But that's part of what I want to share with you this morning. And my three points are really just three things that, that God wants you to know this morning. Three things that God says about you. Because that way it doesn't matter if it's on social media. It doesn't matter if it's your own negative thoughts from past experiences or what it is. You can go back to the word of God in Jesus' name. This is what God says. This is who God says I am. And the first one you have to know is that you are called by Christ. Say, I am called by Christ. That's right. The world wants to tell you that, that you're not worth that job or this job, that you're not worth that relationship or this relationship. You're not worthy of being uh, loved in a godly relationship by a godly man, that you're young people, that you're not worth being in that friend group or this friend group, that you're not worth being picked by that sports team or this dance team or whatever it is. The world wants to tell you that or, or whatever, maybe even thoughts from negative past experiences. You know, I can remember the sal my salvation moment. We talk a lot about, Pastor Jim talks about a lot about the moment we had a very powerful moment. We were in our 20s. But my salvation moment, I remember I grew up in a little Baptist church. It had red carpet, and it had a lot like the Dream Center that we purchased, which was very special to me. It had the baptism. There were pews on the left and the right side and a, and a center aisle. And I can remember exactly where I was standing as a young girl, 10 or 11 years old, on the right-hand side, a little almost in the back. And I remember feeling the Lord just tugging on my heart. I still remember the song being played in the little Baptist church. It was no turning back, no turning back. And I just remember God, my, my heart was beating a little faster. And, and because I was, I remember walking down that aisle all by myself. It seemed like it went on for eternity. It was probably not from here to the first row, <laughs> but it seemed like forever you know, that I walked down that aisle by myself to say, and, to say yes and to respond to Jesus calling me. And I knelt down at the altar and gave my life to the Lord. But he not only called me, but he's called every single one of you. He's called every single one of you and every single one of you have a choice to respond just that way. In 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, you are a chosen people, his very own possession. This is so you can show others your goodness of God, and he called you out of the darkness and into the wonderful light. He's called every one of you out of the darkness and into the light. And I love John 15, 16, it's the red letter. If you don't know what that means, there's Bibles that are called the red letter edition. And it's because those words that are written in red were spoken by Jesus himself. The words came out of his mouth when he said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I have chosen you and I have set you apart for the work of bringing in fruit and your fruit should last. And whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give it to you. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4, it says, for we know brothers and sisters loved by God that he has chosen you. And it's, this morning I have three points, but under each one, I'm gonna share scriptures because it's the power of God that changes us. It's the word of God that changes us. The, when the world says you're not worth it, God says you're capable. God says you're called, that he's called you and that he's chosen you. 
And so the second thing I want you to know is that the Lord says you are capable. You're called, you're chosen, but you're also capable through Christ. Through Christ, you are capable. When the world says you can't handle it, you got to be strong enough. Only if you were stronger, only if you were smarter, only if you were better, only if you were more holy. Maybe if you weren't so messed up, maybe if you hadn't had such a rough childhood, you might be capable for that. But God says you're capable and you're created new. You're capable and you're created new. Philippians 4.13, one of the most common scriptures that, that we know of, it says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength because your strength is limited and his strength is unlimited. You have an end cap and he does not. And so we just keep going back to the source. God says you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. I love Isaiah 40, 31 and, I, and young people. It says, even youths grow tired and weary. They got lots of energy, but it says, even youths grow tired and weary and young men shall stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not faint. I love this because I feel like the enemy is speaking to some of you, maybe beating some of you up saying, you're too old. You're too old to do that. You're tired. You're too tired. You can't do that. You've already been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Why are you doing that? God says, no, you are capable. It's, God says, we don't look, even the young men get tired. Your renewed strength comes from your hope in the Lord. We get tired because it's in our own strength and our strength is limited and his is unlimited. Amen. I can remember, you know, maybe even it's like starting a new business and you're like, God, I don't know if I can do it. I remember whenever I started to homeschool, my kids, pastor mentioned that earlier, and I thought, I can remember looking at other moms thinking, I will never do that. I will never do that. And I could never do that. But then I remember I had already registered my oldest son, registered him in school. And, uh, and I had registered him in school. So I was sitting at home and I really heard from the Lord that I was supposed to homeschool. And so I took him back out of school and I thought, okay, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this, but I did think, okay, well, it's kindergarten. Surely we can color. We can count. I got this. It's going to be okay. God says you're capable. We can, we can do this. But I, but Caden was in kindergarten. My next son was three years old and I had a baby at home and we were launching the church. We were just starting off launching the church. And I just thought, God, I don't know if I can do this, but it was what I felt like the Lord told me. And I was capable. We ended up homeschooling all the way until sixth grade. And so finally in sixth grade, we transitioned out, put him in public school. But God, the deal is if it was up to us, sometimes I think we would never start things. Our, our thoughts are always saying, the enemy's always saying, no, don't do that. You can't do that. You're not capable. How will you, how will you ever make that happen? God is saying, you are capable. 
And I love this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. He said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. So we don't even have to get it right. We can walk into it. Honestly, we should just walk into it and say, Lord, I know I'm not capable. Because then he gets the glory, right? That's why God is saying, hey, delight in your weaknesses because you were created for my glory. So when we can say, you know what? Oh my gosh, I don't know how I did it. I don't know that I can do this. But every day we make it through the day and my kids are educated. And I did this meeting today and I ran for this office because, because the Lord, I'm relying on the Lord's strength. And he says that we're capable and that in our weakness that we are made strong. And the last is you are complete in Christ. The world says we need more. The world says we have to be more. The world says that you have to do more in order to be filled, fulfilled and complete. And God says that you are complete, that you don't have to do all that, that you're actually lacking nothing. There is nothing. You are created in the image of God and lacking nothing. And a lot of times we just find ourselves worn out we're tired and we're exhausted. You know, our emotions, we don't have to be physically exhausted. Our emotions can wear us down. And the enemy knows that. That's why he doesn't have to kill us. He can cripple us, right? Because he knows that. And sometimes we can find ourselves so worn out and tired that we are just useless for the kingdom of God. Useless in the kingdom of God because we're so tired of just striving and trying and proving. You know, I was trying to find a video. I actually looked up some, um, and you can look it up at home if you want, but the compilations of treadmill fails. Y'all, it is so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I was going to pick one, and my boys came in there. We were laughing, and, and, but I, they were all so funny, I couldn't, even, I couldn't even pick one. So I just said, okay, I'm going to tell you about it. But the truth is, it's like life sometimes can feel like you're on this treadmill that never stops. And, you know, we all laugh about it, but when you're looking at those people in the videos and they're holding on, they are scared. Like, they are scared, and they are trying hard. I mean, their pants are coming off because the treadmill bell is going, and they're just still holding on. And then, I mean, they are just getting beat up. And, and then I wonder like if that's how God is, is looking at us sometimes. Like, what, what are you doing? You're like on this treadmill that's never, and he's saying, let go. He's, you know, there's always that red emergency cord. I feel like God is like that emergency cord. And every, I mean, I saw them, they were holding on for dear life. And then finally they let go and then, and they like went up against the wall, like hit the wall. And I'm sure I'm just like, God is probably like, just pull the cord. Just stop, just pull the cord and stop the treadmill, amen? Yes, and the thing is, is it's like, we're just holding on. I love that Colossians chapter two, verse nine and 10, it says, for in Christ, the fullness of God lives in a human body. Like the fullness of God lives in a human body and you are complete through your union with Christ. Through your union with Christ, you're not lacking anything not lacking anything. His divine, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, I love this, because this is it. This is everything. It says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge in him. Everything we need in life through just knowing him knowing God, having a relationship with him. He's our provider. He can give us peace. He can give us comfort. He can give us wisdom. Everything we need is through the knowledge of Christ. 
You know, and I read a lot of scriptures this morning because the truth is, is the stories are funny and they can entertain, but that's really where the power is. The life-changing power is in his word. And uh, Pastor Peter talked about uh, Ken Boa, who is an author. We are actually, as a staff, going through his book and a study guide called Conform to His Image. And it's so powerful because he has an entire chapter where he talks about relational spirituality and he talks about our identity. And he says it so well, I wanted to read just an excerpt from the book. He says, to genuinely believe and embrace the reality of who we have become by faith in Christ, because it's faith, we have to believe in God, right? We have to, it's by faith but to genuinely believe and embrace the reality reality of who we have become requires consistent discipline and exposure to the Word of God. So consistently, it takes discipline. We have to consistently expose ourselves to the Word of God and who we are in Christ. I just got started. Those were just three things that God said, but there's a Bible full of things that who God says you are to know your identity in Christ. It also requires a context of fellowship and encouragement and a community of like-minded believers, which is our church and our small groups. Without these, the visible, which is our situations, our circumstances, our emotions, will overcome the invisible and our understanding of this truth will gradually slip through our fingers. So it has to be something constant that we're washing ourselves with the word. The enemy wants to get you so distracted and weighted down, not knowing who you are in Christ. And God just wants to know and wants wants you to know and wants to remind you that you're called, that you're chosen, that you're complete, that you're created new. Amen? How many of you receive that? Our lives, they're not perfect. They don't have to be perfect but there is nothing that replaces the peace and the power and presence of God. There is nothing. If you have ever experienced the power and the presence of God, maybe some of you this morning, you know, I feel like there's, there's probably a lot of people in here that are like, you know what, I know who God is, but man, I have not sensed or received the peace of God in a while. Like, man, I have given some people and some things access to some places that they have no business being, right? And so I just wanna pray this morning. I wanna pray a prayer. I feel like the Holy Spirit led me to some specific things that I just wanna pray over everybody. And then if you're like, you know what? I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you're here this morning. Pastor Jim's gonna come up and he's gonna give you the opportunity to, to, to be in a relationship with God, to put your trust in Him. So if you will, just bow your heads. God, we just thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for being the Lord of our lives. God, we thank you for just being present. We thank you for sending your son. But God, we, I pray more than anything that we would be devoted followers of Christ, that we would not be crippled or useless in the body of Christ but that we would stand strong against the enemy, that we would not give access to people and places and things, God, that have no business having access. Lord, I just pray into having access into our heads and homes, God, that there would, that you would protect our heads and our homes, God, that our minds would be washed and our minds would be renewed. 
by the washing of the word. God, in our identity in you, it's who you say that we are, that our identity in Christ is clear, that there is no confusion. I renounce the spirit of confusion. I renounce the spirit of heaviness and depression and oppression. God says you're chosen. God says you're, that you are called. God says that you are created new. I renounce any shame in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, God, that you sent your son. Lord, I pray right now, Father, that there is our identity is clear and that we can see ourselves as you see us, God, because we are made in your image, that we can walk strongly, that we can walk boldly and confident in you, Lord. God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. In Jesus' name.